You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud phrase said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by Willis's Wondrous Door Jammer. It holds the door so you don't have to. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 52, The Door. I'm Katie. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jess. Uh, so, so this was a rough episode for everyone, I believe. Am I right on this one? Um, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we don't really know. So we have Frey Pie ratings for everyone. Um, this is from... So Lauren, do you want to do yours first? Um, sure. I, I, I called it a broken pie because it's broken like I am. And I didn't exactly hate the episode, but I didn't love the episode. And um, I'm just calling it hard to digest. So basically, it's pie with a side order of Tums. Jess? Um, I gave it a Jared. I was actually pretty happy overall with the episode. But I guess the one thing I had issues with was just some aspects of the Euron scene. But overall, it was a solid episode. Um, I really liked the ending. I really liked all the Northern stuff, as usual. So a Jared for me. Uh, I'm going to go with a Jared as well, only because I'm not totally sure how I feel about it yet. I know I'm pretty sure I liked it, but I feel like there's so much going on. I need to have it sit in my head for a little bit more before I make a final call. Um, That seems to actually be the consensus I'm looking through from uh, Megan and Jenny and Rachel. Uh, I think everybody's kind of in a Jared situation because we're all it just there was so much happening. Yeah, but um, I, I think I, I think I love Jenny's uh, response, which was pie dough and a mixed fray pie filling still in the fridge because I'm not sure what to make of it yet. Oh, yeah, that's pretty perfect. That was pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, next segment here, we have our awards for the episode. Jeez, um, I feel weird giving awards to an episode that messed me up this much, but I don't know about you guys, but uh, episode MVP uh lauren who would you give this mvp award to young hodor because poor kid didn't even know what hit him and it's kind of sad how 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 he got how he wound up being broken that way i just um i just i can't i can't even talk about it (laughs) jess i'm gonna give it to mira reed frog princess getting shit done when bran and hodor weren't you know she really held it down you know she was the one, she was the hero of the episode in a lot of ways. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I also liked, uh, uh, <laughs> I liked Rachel's response, which was Asha stealing yeah. the Iron Fleet was my favorite. Brienne growing as an advisor was my second favorite. So yeah, I agree with those. They, I think they all were pretty. Yeah. I think everybody had a solid, solid episode. No, agreed. I mean, Sansa was wonderful. I mean, she's still learning. She's still got a lot to grow into in terms of her own power and her own confidence. But I like that she's seizing it now. But I actually agree with Jess. I I would give the MVP to Mira Reed just because she's just trying to survive and she's still thinking about others. So good on her. She just wants some eggs and bacon, you know? Yeah. (laughs) We can relate. (laughs) Well, I can't relate to the bacon part, but the eggs part I can relate to. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so (laughs) Stark Watch, which is so exciting this episode. Oh, my God, because did we get all of the Starks? 
it, well, if you count the ones in the previews and and stuff, yes, we got all of the Starks. Well, at least the ones. My that God, <laughs> first time in six years. Who knew? Yeah. Good. We also got Rickard yeah. Stark as well. We did get Rickard Stark. That was interesting. Now, was that when uh, Ned was going off to the Eerie for the first time? What What was the point? Like, I, I still can't figure out why they showed that. Other than just playing on Bran's heartstrings and getting him locked into the world. Like, I don't... Especially wa- when he's like, you need to run. Oh, by the way, let me show you this vision. Like, what the fuck? Right, right. <laughs> um, I have reason. I have theories on that when we get to it. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm going to... I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on so we can get to your reasoning. Uh, Ned Stark Award. Who? Who? Ah, did anybody get it? I don't know. Bran. Really? Yeah. But he, like, really? <laughs> yeah. Why? For why? <laughs> why? Because he decided he was going to go uh, warg or whatever the hell he does, go see his visions on his own without, you know, having someone there with him. And what did he do? He wounds up being seen by the, the Night King. He got touched, and then, boom. So yeah, Bran. So you know, thinking only about himself caused harm to so many. I thought the Ned Stark Award was about like honor, honor before thyself. I don't know. At this point, it's kind of evolved <laughs> into who's the biggest fucking moron of the episode. I think. <laughs> oh. Then, then wouldn't it be the Children of the Forest? Yes, oh. actually, if we're gonna go for the biggest fucking moron, so, we're gonna go. They make me so angry. I was literally screaming at the television, and if I had something, I probably would have thrown it at the television. Ugh, God, fuck. An obsidian anyway. dagger, maybe. Yeah, that would have been good. I don't. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I'm reading like Rachel's rant right here. Should I? Re- I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually say it. So this is this is her whole thing. We should rename that Ned Stark Award the Brand Stark Award because no one is themselves and everyone is Bran. The guy that mind raped a kid into decades of trauma and used him as a doorstop so he could be killed by zombies and turned into a white definitely gets the award. And she makes a good point. Who's gonna carry Brown Bran around now? Who? Nobody, because yeah. you killed Hodor. Oh, stop. It hurts. It still hurts too soon. I can't. I can't. We're all right. We're we're moving on. It's too soon. We're moving on. Okay. (laughs) Favorite fan shout out of the night. Jess, what do you think? Uh, I I don't. Lauren, go first. I got to think of this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was just really excited about the White Harbor mention. And I was like, Mandalese. But of course, we'll never see the Mandalese. But any kind of mention about the Mandalese makes me happy. We might see the Manderleys. Maybe John will go to the Manderleys and he'll be the one who witnesses the fray pie. Not holding my breath. That would be amazing. Not that would holding be amazing. my breath. Well, to hold my breath, <laughs> I might become ironborn because I might just, you know, spontaneously not need CPR, but whatever. Um... <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking forward to seeing, like, I was looking forward to seeing the Greyjoy version of CPR. I was like, hmm, I wonder how it's different. But no, he just regenerated. We just leave you there. We just leave you there and just hope you spontaneously spit it out. No, he's Doctor Who. It's fine. <laughs> Jess, have you figured out your favorite fan shout out yet? I guess maybe just, you know, John rocking some Ned gear. It's probably my, my fan shout out. I don't know where they're getting all this fur at the wall for all these nice new outfits, but it's my favorite fan shout out right there. <laughs> just like... 
I'm just looking at Ed, and he's wearing, like, this shabby, like, sheepskin, like, fur. Like, and then there's John, like, rocking, like, an animal that Sansa just killed, apparently, right. like, out in the wild. <laughs> I just don't understand where she's getting, like, these materials like with a, all these, like, awesome outfits. Right, like, there's just a whole, like, fuck-off wolf just, like, on his shoulder. Like, yeah. here, wear this. I, lo- I loved Ed's look at it. Like, really, dude? <laughs> You're gonna go for it? Okay. Um... Favorite one-liner, Jessica. Um, it was actually the scene where uh Brienne was like talking about like trusting um John, and then she's like talking about you know John is not Stannis or Davos or the Red Woman. John is John. He's my brother. He'll protect me. I like that line. It's not a one-liner. That's long, <laughs> but John is John would be the line. Yeah, but it's it's when she starts talking about how John is a bit brooding, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, but it's understandable, you know, considering he was just yeah, like exactly. just stabbed to death and came back with the death. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's Which a little understandable that he added. might be a little like mopey. I love her. I know. Well, I mean, and I loved her little like, and that she is, and her like, and that man, just the illusion to torment. <laughs> <laughs> that wildling with the beard. <laughs> wildling with the beard. Uh, apparently, the epic, there's a the scene. epic love story. There's apparently a scene where um, uh, it's been cut, and hopefully, it'll make it onto the DVDs. But like, um, Sansa was teasing Brienne about Tormund. Like, why did you cut that? We needed that joy. <laughs> like, we we did. <laughs> I, I think I, it's just cool that a man is lusting after Brienne. You know, I right? Know. Just like at first sight. Just oh my god. It's like she deserves it. Loves it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think my favorite ship name for it because it has like eight thousand is Tarthbane. I think that's the best one that they've come up with so far. Yeah, that's a that's a good name. I mean, I know we're all supposed to like lo- be in love with Jamie and Brienne, blah blah blah. For me, it's Tormund. I feel like he's a better match. Jamie's got well, too much baggage. Jamie has too much baggage, and he's gonna die. And I say this. As as Brienne and Jamie are my OTP, but yeah, Jamie's gonna die. He, he totally is. Um, I don't know if I can uh, handle that. So this is not necessarily like a fun happy moment. <laughs> this is not necessarily a fun happy moment. But my favorite one liner is Sansa when she's talking to Peter, where she's like, "I can still feel it, and not in my tender heart because it pains me so." I was just like, "Oh, that was so beautifully delivered," and, and just really shows expression. how cynical Sansa. Yeah, like it just shows how cynical Sansa's become yeah, and, and how much expression when she said it was gorgeous. No, it was. I mean, she just shows how hard she's gotten. And I loved it. I really did. And you can see that she kind of had that in her when she was pulling that teenage shit. It just it's evolved. I really yeah, liked it. Totally. Um, Rachel also brought up the other one that I totally forgot that I loved. The um, I'm not the Lord Commander <laughs> line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the Lord yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, close the bloody gate. <laughs> he, he looks around um, and he realizes, yeah. There's like five people there. He's like, it's me. <laughs> I hope I hope they still have more wall scenes, even though like John and company aren't there. I, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to will. see John being a Stark. Yeah, I'm ready to see John being a Stark. I'm a little bit done with the wall. I'm like, yeah. No, right, but I, I, I don't want this to be the last we see of Ed for this season. Exactly, exactly. I agree. Uh, I'm, I just keep, I watch these scenes and I'm like, I wonder what Sam would think of all this mess. <laughs> Apparently we'll find out, but Sam I mean, it's is, just, it's Sam all ridiculous. Sam is probably happier getting uh, 
what is it, motion sickness on the boat. <laughs> like, it's probably less horrifying than what's going on at the wall. <laughs> probably. Probably. Oh, I think right. he's doing just fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, best Ramin moment. Lauren, what'd you think? Oh, God. Well, me and Megan both agreed on this one. It was the uh, basically the sad Stark music, the goodbye brother that they were playing when, when well, at the end. I, I can't even talk about it still. I'm just, I, I couldn't even I know. <laughs> this morning. I was like trying to read on the train and I'm like, I can't fucking even do this today. Aww. <laughs> the goodbye brother is probably one of the most effective pieces of music on TV right now, because as soon as you hear it, you know, some you epic shit's to about cry. to go down. Yeah. Not good. Jess, yep. what'd you think? I have, I have three. Okay. I have the one you guys mentioned, obviously, just like right in the heart, right in the feels, man. Um, the one I mentioned in the doc, which is the Danny, like, Jorah goodbye song, like when she was like leaving him, like the music that was in the background, I thought that was really lovely. And then like the scene, the music that's in the John and Sansa scene as they're leaving the wall. I don't know if that's like the Stark children's theme. It's like a new theme, but I like that theme as well as they're like leaving um, Castle Black, like the music that's playing them out. I really like oh, that I one too. I have to go re-listen to that because I don't remember what that was. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it the first time I watched it, but then I rewatched the John scenes as I do, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is a lovely piece of music." <laughs> I have to go look at that. Very. I you know, I really like. I have to admit, like for somebody who very much like the music and the soundtracks are very important to me, just in general, <laughs> I don't tend to pick up on them as much as like you guys do in the initial watch of the episode. So I always love this, this section of it, just listening and sitting back. Cause I feel like you're, you're also insightful. I love it. Thank you for your insight. I think with me, it's, it's music is always kind of like, um, like, I don't know. Music always seems to get me. Like I just cry over lots of songs. So I think that's why it hits me more that I pay attention to that. But that may be just me. No, and it's, it's a tone for the, the, you know, scene, whatever it may be. It's part of the storytelling. True, because if you watch the, the the murder scene in Psycho without the music, it's not nearly as frightening. Like, it's music. The it's music probably hysterical. <laughs> no, it's true. Actually, we would do, one of my classes. No, it's one of my one of my classes in college. They uh, she had us do that. Watch the scene with the music, and you know that's terrifying. And then then they have on the DVD they have the scene without the music, and you're like, okay, well, what? Like, it's really, like, a complete different, like, as if you had not just watched that whole thing. Yeah, so when there's a meme going around right now where it's like, I really wish my life had background music so I can know what the fuck's going on. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's very true. very accurate. <laughs> All right, speaking of what the fuck's going on, Grayscale Watch. Oh, poor Jorah. It's still there. It's still there. It, it's getting kind of gnarly looking. I'm a little concerned. Apparently he's going on a quest now. That like that is some bullshit thing that you say. Shireen. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I really don't know like basically, where we're... I'm sending your ass out to die. Yeah, basically, it's like I don't get the point of that. I mean, other than her finally like the redemption of Jorah and Danny's eyes, like that just kind of happened. It was just kind of there. Yeah. I don't know. And actually, that's a good point. Can horses get grayscale? Do we know? That's what I was thinking. I watched it again <laughs> yes, uh, today. I was like, can horses get grayscale? Because that horse is doomed. I know. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, yeah. 
Well, no, because wasn't it like targeting like um, Valyrians or something like that? But then, if it's a initially, the horse is born in Valyria. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's mutated. It's a mutated virus, oh, man. Like, <laughs> there you go. I don't want to be. I don't want to see stone horses just like falling onto <laughs> ships. <laughs> And that's how statues are born, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next time I see a horse in a park, a stone statue, I'm like, oh, grayscale. <laughs> Nobody touch it. Nobody touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> Take two steps back, guys. <laughs> All right. So we had some, not as many notable introductions, but we did have some very notable goodbyes. I think we're... I think we're here. I want to actually leave the first one we have here, the the real hardcore ones, uh, for last. I want to give us some time to talk about it. But, jeez. Uh, so you're in Greyjoy, who was introduced already, but he's now, I don't even know. What did you guys think of him? I don't know. Sometimes I can't get past his name because I keep thinking people are saying you're <laughs> And then I get, then I just get totally distracted by the rest of the scene, and then that's I'm done with it after that. I know that's like a twelve year old mindset, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Jess, what about you? Can you get past the urine? Um, yes, I could, and I can get past the fact that he doesn't have an eye patch. These are these do not bother I me. I can't get past either. It um, bothers me. It does. <laughs> I, I'm cool with it. I, I've made my peace. Um, I, I liked it. I like how close to the books, like, it is in terms of, like, his storyline. I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to find Daenerys, and he's talking about how he's traveled the world and stuff. So that aspect, I liked that they were kind of close to the books in their adaptation of the character, at least in that regard. He was cool. That's not why I had issues with him, with but... And they're all such fuckboys, though. It's like, I deserve to be king because I... Because he doesn't have a dick anymore. Right, right. And I, like, am totally going to go and, like, fuck Daenerys Targaryen, you guys. So clearly, I should rule. Like, what? No, that's the kind of shit you say at your frat party when you're pledging to try to get yourself in with everybody. Like, this is dumb. (laughs) Isn't that what the Greyjoys are? Just one giant frat? (laughs) Look, I can't. I can't. Oh, my God. (laughs) amazing i love it <laughs> and i love it the way they even you know i like the way that they shot the scene of uh yara and theon stealing uh all of the ships and then him getting crowned like that was really nicely done but also you can think of it as like the hazing happening while the others are like fuck this we're gonna go pledge the other frat you're welcome yeah but i keep thinking <laughs> of the game the game of owns tweet where they have uh, Captain Jack Sparrow running with his arms flailing <laughs> and he's behind him. <laughs> and I was like, there it is. It's so appropriate. <laughs> I, I just have issues with the fact that he didn't know that they were stealing his fleet. We're not just talking one ship. They freaking took the they How took do you everything. not notice it? Where, why is like, don't they notice They're that like two islands? Th- How do they not see the boat? Right. Or like two thirds of the population of the island is not at the coronation. Nobody sees this. No one gets there. Like, what were these people doing? And they're all like loyal to him. It's like, I don't know. We were just watching you get baptized or whatever the fuck that <laughs> thing they're doing is. I mean, Euron has... I thought, <laughs> thought Dampere was killing him at first. I was like, I they're going to introduce Euron just to kill him. I was, well, you, I kept, he was. I kept screaming at the TV, kill your brother, kill your brother. <laughs> Wait, so Katie, you think he was trying to kill him? Well, no, that's the whole point. That that's the the 
process is that you basically have to drown the person. So like urine, I get he was dying, but like what's everybody else's excuse? Fuck kind of army. Total frat throw. boy. This is total like frat boy mentality. It's like I was super drunk. Pledge week. Was, <laughs> it's right. week. I wasn't paying attention. I was so fucked up. Where did they go? I don't know. <laughs> but then he, then he wanted everybody to go build him a thousand ships because that's gonna take no time whatsoever. You'll be done in like you know, give it two or three days. He's two like, stop what you're doing, everybody. <laughs> I did actually Women like make sales. Fucking I misogynists. <laughs> <laughs> Male sailors know how to make their fucking sales. They don't need women to do that. And women can fucking do other shit. But I do oh, like that was actually sake. that was an allusion, wasn't it? To the um, I forget how, what they called them. The uh, women that they stole. Salt wives. Salt wives. Didn't they have lines in the books about the salt wives making the sails, like using hemp to do that? I felt like I felt like I had read that in the books, and I kind of liked it. But that's just me. Maybe. No, that 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 sounds like it sounds like it. I can't. I just can't remember where. I... How quickly are go they going to make this ship? Is it as quick as Littlefinger can teleport around Westeros? They are. The <laughs> they're borrowing his TARDIS. So that so the next episode, faster. there's going to be a giant fleet of ships. <laughs> totally. And it's going to be like five years later. Um, <laughs> they're all or five minutes. Blue, five minutes. They're all going to say police box on them. Yes, exactly. Speaking <laughs> of the TARDIS, speaking of the TARDIS, we did have a return of Peter Baelish's TARDIS uh, in this episode. Because <laughs> he was able to, like, project himself. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> See, I don't believe all of these scenes are supposed to be happening at the same time. Like, I don't think the scene of Baelish last week is happening at the same time as all these other scenes are happening. I can never figure. They don't really have. No, it's not. No, I don't think it is. No, you have. No, I don't think it is. Yeah. You have some scenes that are taking place within the same week. And Sansa couldn't possibly have made those dresses. It's not like she had a, a singer sewing machine floating behind her, like that no one sees, and she just plugs it in the wall. And like, da, 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 da. No. So yeah, it takes some time. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think I don't think it's supposed. To, yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be like, oh, he was he just like got in a TARDIS and left. I think that scene that happened last week, which I didn't watch by the way, I didn't watch last week's episode. Shh. Um, <laughs> I don't think that scene um, happened like. 10 minutes you know or a day before i think like that was probably happening like months in the past i would say two or three months have passed uh but they should have said like three months ago i think it would be easy if they had one of those little like title plaques like three months ago yeah but they this is like uh, systemic to the show there are things happening in one world that like three or four or five months have passed and then in the other world there's like a week has passed and it's all very confusing no one re- and the people are alluding to things that are going on and they couldn't possibly be happening at the same time. It's all very strange. Fi- yeah, it is. Like, it fix is. your shit, Game of Thrones. Give me a timeline, please. I would buy I that. And they just roll with it. They're like, okay, we're just doing this. You figure it out, fans. Yeah. And there's going to be, yeah. you know, ambitious fans who are going to do that. <laughs> or just us shooting the shit, trying to figure out how this works. Most I'm not likely. fucking figuring it out. I'm not no, doing thank it. You. Y'all can do it. Fuck, fuck Baelish. <laughs> Somebody else can do that. <laughs> All right. Um, 
say we had another incredible actress come into the show uh, in, as part of the acting company who did the best interpretation of the first season of Game of Thrones I've ever seen. Um, how do you say your name? Friny Fisher? Friny Fisher, That's a great yeah. name. That's like a real That's kick-ass name. Yeah. yeah. You need to watch that show. Miss Fisher's murder mysteries are amazing. So she's the one who's playing who? She's Cersei? fantastic. Yeah, she, yeah. Who is she playing yeah. in the... Okay, she's Cersei. She's the um, actress that Arya yeah. is supposed to La- kill. Lady Kane, I think her yeah. name is. Yeah. I really love that little segue because it, it was really emotional and beautiful for Arya, but it was also, I don't know, like I'm interested to see where it goes, just as a little side story. And it was heartbreaking to have I'm her watch her. watching her get her ass kicked, though. I don't mind it. I like it. <laughs> Not that she's getting her ass kicked, but I like the fighting. Get her ass kicked for... But it's, a, it's five fucking episodes of her getting her ass kicked. Can she fucking do something else other than be beaten with a stick? I'm just, I'm tired of watching her get black and blue. But I think that's the point is that she's, she's not ready despite her like outward claims to be like, she can't abandon the fact that she is nobility and she is a Stark and that she's also a good person. Like that's why she, uh, he, she went to Jack and she's like, why are we going to kill this woman? She seems like a nice lady. And so in her heart, she's actually a decent human being. And so she's not going to ever become a faceless man, I think, is what we're getting at. And that's the point. I of hope it. not. So, yeah. Well, metaphor- no. yeah, metaphorically, yes. But I also actually really appreciate the fact that, A, these fights are pretty well coordinated. And B, you don't have Arya becoming, like, amazing within a couple of episodes. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Your body can't physically do that. So I really enjoy that aspect of it as well. But I can understand why it could be tedious, you know, after a while. It's sort of like the same scene, just different angles. She did pretty good, though. Different I mean, angles like for... and in a different room. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the fight thought... choreography and the one from yesterday's episode. Yeah, it was really well done. And I think that it, she definitely shows improvement. So I'm just, I'm excited to watch it. I like that kind of shit. Um... I was more interested in the scenes with her and, and Jacken because, like, those just seem more interesting. Like, you know, you're seeing um, – actually, one of my coworkers had mentioned to me today, and she's right. Like, you haven't seen the inquisitive side of Arya in a long time. And here's Arya asking questions instead of shutting down and keeping her mouth shut. So this is this is showing the old Arya again. So I It's Arya. A really, a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, it's Arya underfoot, which we haven't seen in forever. Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of Arya Underfoot, because we're getting closer to the person we don't even want to think about, um, we're going to go with Bran and Bloodraven and the children who, this was going into our, our losses of the night, uh, losing Bloodraven, losing all of those children of the forest. That was, that was pretty rough. That was actually legitimately scary seeing everybody scamper on the walls like that. What did you guys think of that scene? They created those monsters. Of of the death of Bloodraven and the Children of the Forest? Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's sad because these are sort of like, you know, I felt like they were gone too soon. I would have liked to have seen more of them. I felt like we could have spent a little bit more time with them. So I was actually kind of surprised how quickly they killed them off this season. And I hope all the children aren't dead. I hope there's more out there. I It was legitimate. The way that they kudos to the special effects guys because like the way that they created the the white walker like the the others coming in and like just crawling on the walls and scampering was legitimately scary 
Um, and yeah, I'm actually with Jess. I kind of thought that now we're getting a good culture with the children of the forest. We're really getting to know who they are and why they operate. And it's sad to kind of see them go. So I hope they're still out there. But they were created by the monsters that they, I mean, they were killed by the monsters they created. Yeah. You know, they created those monsters. And now they're, they, you're reaping what you sow. I yeah, but I also I, think that I, I, I'm having a little hard time feeling bad for them in a way. But I do. I feel bad because their their intentions are like you know, these people came and invaded their territory, were chopping down their trees and uh, you know taking over their land, and so they were they were losing the war, and so this was sort of desperation, you know, on the part of the children, and it backfired yeah, on they them. Lost they control. couldn't control. They 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 couldn't control like the the monsters they created, which is the sad part about the whole situation. But I do, I, I feel for them and I understand why they did it. But it's unfortunate that it sort of backfired on them, and now they have to sort of deal with the consequences of like what you said, the reaper yourself. It's just, it's, it's all sad. <laughs> well, what's Blood Raven seal? I mean, like, I know, why... but at that point they needed to reach out for somebody. Well, yeah. I mean, but okay, you know, they so needed to, they needed to reach out. What was I going to say? No. So who would they reach out to, though? There was no they had no recourse. It was them and it was the first men. And that was it. Yeah, but they should have at that point joined forces with the first men instead of instead of letting the battle go on. Yeah, but who would they join for? I mean, they did ultimately when they realized that the White Walkers were as dangerous as they were. They did join forces with them. But at that point, it's too late. But before that, they had nobody. They were against the first men. They didn't really know what to do. They thought they were creating an ally. Yeah, and the first men also were not exactly like nice to them either. Like they're invading their land. They're okay. That's fair. Yeah. So from their perspective, at that time at least, initially, right, it's understandable why they created these monsters. They hope that they would like get rid of these people who kept invading their territory. I mean, that's why they eventually like break the land bridge too. They just want people to stop invading their territory like westeros belongs to them they're the original inhabitants of it so it's unfortunate that it sort of backfired on them but then they became buddies with the first men in the end so yay <laughs> friends um <laughs> uh, and then we're friends forever. yes now blood raven i was a little nonplussed with his death because he was just kind of there being enigmatic mm-hmm. and not allowing Bran to see things so that Bran then went off into the teenage thing and was like but I want to see it anyway and then it just caused chaos and then he dies like what was the point of this <laughs> I have issues with Blood and he Raven. didn't warn him about anything yeah that's that's How my issue warn him and say listen don't 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 do this because if you do this you're going to bring on the Night King and the Night King can be dangerous if he touches you Tell him the shit that he should know. Like, don't, you know, don't keep it from him. All supervisors, you need to communicate (laughs) with your subordinates. Otherwise, they make bad decisions. (laughs) I feel like I have, I'm angry at him. And I have a lot of issues over it. Um, You know, Bran has been, well, Bran, you know, online has been vilified as like, evil man like destroys everything you know and I think that's wrong because Isaac even said in an interview and I found this interesting like just like Hodor didn't have a choice in in the sense that he doesn't have consent when Bran sort of invades him right neither did Bran like Bloodraven came to Bran in his dreams and he sort of forced him into this position which he had no choice in do you know what I mean yeah like Bran doesn't want to be 
like a tree for the rest of his life. So he's sort of forcing this kid in a direction that he does not, it's not his choice. He's sort of like pushing him into this like destiny that he wants no part of. And so, and even in that last scene, he manipulates him, right? He's purposely staying in this dream because it's the dream that he likes to be in. And it's his father and it's his uncle and it's his grandfather, a scene where he's not going to pull away purposely so that he can manipulate him so that whole situation can happen and like that ripple effect. And, and you know, I just don't like how Brand okay. is sort of being vilified by everybody online when it's really Blood Raven who's sort of like the puppet master behind the scenes, like manipulating Brand's emotions. He's the one who entered Brand's dreams and he's the one who sort of pushed Brand in this direction that he wanted no part of, right? And so like, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm on the Brand defense squad here. No, I, I no, no, I see that. I mean, I see Bran. Bran has some of the responsibility, but he doesn't have all the responsibility. Exactly. And, and I, I don't think, think it's... There are so many other things that, that could be in it. It has to be like, shared between the two, I the think. Forest. They have their mm-hmm. own. All I three agree. of them. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Yep. Katie, what do you think? Katie? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's interesting because I'm listening to you guys. Like, <laughs> I love listening to you speak. It's helpful. <laughs> no, um, I mean, you're right in that I think that's... <laughs> the ultimate theme of the, the series is just that shit happens, you know, and it's all a perfect storm. It's everybody having their own motivations. It's everybody having their own flaws and you really, everyone has a little bit to blame and how shitty everything is in this area and this of the world. Um, but it's ultimately the decisions that you make while in this, this total mess that define you and, um, create these wonderful characters. And I think now, you know, Bran is in the shit and this is the moment where he's going to define himself. So, I mean, I, I, Blood Raven just kind of, it's a shame because he's an interesting character in the books. He's, he was just kind of a facilitator for all of this crap. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of ready to see him go because I want to, yeah, I want to see where the story goes next. Yeah. Cause now Bran is sort of going how yeah, to take on bad. that mantle and it, the difficult, yeah. I feel bad for him, too. And also, he's untrained. Like, he doesn't know any better. He's a kid. Like, we forget that because Isaac's so much older. But he's, like, a kid, and he's thrust into this position that he, he's un, untrained for. It's uncharted territory for him. And he has to, like, be sort of this hero for everybody and, like, save the world. And it's sort of, like, this burden that he has to put onto himself well, that nobody else has to deal with, at least right. at this time. And Isaac is 17, but he's not 17 in the No, books. the character he's... is like a kid. What is he? Yeah. 10? He's... 11? He's a kid. Yeah. All right. I th- we're going to, I think we're going to go on from here to, we have to, we have to be here. Speaking of Bran. Oh. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn. No. One Summer the Direwolf, and especially one Willis. AKA Hodor. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. I want oh, you, you want to go first? Yeah. All right. So no, 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 go, go, go. <sighs> I have so many, like, I feel like I haven't felt this way since a dance with dragons, the John <laughs> scene in the book, because every other scene in the book, yes. right. Or in the show, we've even spoiled them. We were expecting it. This is like the first time since a dance with dragons where it was like, a person you genuinely, or, or two two characters you genuinely love and care about, like dying, and it was, I was not expecting it, and I was really sad. 
you know, they're, they're, they've been with us for like 10 years of our lives, 11 years of our lives. And it's sort of like, they're not going to be there anymore. And it's, it's really sad. And I'm sort of not, I don't believe it. It's sort of like, I'm not like, I'm not ready for it. I'm sort of, I'm still sort of like surreal for me that they're, they're not with us anymore. Oh, Lauren, how you yeah, guys feel about it? it. I, I feel like Hodor should, Hodor, sh like, I felt like Hodor should have made it. Like, Hodor should have been the one, one of the ones who survived. And I just, to me, it's like, like, I was texting Jenny this morning, and I was like, it's like someone gives you a kitten, and then you love that kitten, and you care for that kitten, and you play with that kitten, and then someone smashes his head in. Like, it's like, how do you do that to me? Like, this is, you made us love this, this, this genuine genuinely kind human being and 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 sure he went out he's saving somebody but that was not by his choice and that was not his you know that was not his life and he could have had something else and that just to me is heartbreaking i have a question about that in the like the last scene is he's not being warged he's double warged i mean skin change is he because his eyes are not warged. like yeah, oh, he's double, okay, okay. if they were briefly. Yeah, I mean, basically, the from what I'm understanding, um, Bran first warged into older Hodor, and then he also linked into young Hodor. So young Hodor and old Hodor were actually together in that moment. And that's why... Oh. That's why right, that's why young Hodor freaked out because he was a witness to his own Snaps. violent death. And so he, I, I, I mean, honestly, that, that to me is one of the more emotionally manipulative moments of the entire show and book series, just because you see this kid had so much potential. He was vibrant and smart and funny. And like you could even, even in the few moments you had with him, he was joking around with Liana. He was super absorbent. You could see that this is a kid who could have gone places and then he's brought down by circumstance and having to like participate in his own violent death at that age like ah uh, mm -hmm. ah uh, what are you doing that was just so hard to watch and just the scene with him and mira that scene with him and mira oh yeah where they're just talking about the eggs and the bit and like you can totally get he understands what she's saying and she understands his responses because they're just so perfectly clear and it's like you know this is hodor this is who he is yeah, that was like a scene where I just felt like, wait, is he sort of like not to say not simpleton because I don't like to use that word, but it did feel in that scene like he was the most cognizant. I don't know, like if you rewatch the scene, it just feels yes. like he's not sort yes. of, you know what I mean? Like he's just like young Hodor yes. in that yeah, I, moment. I feel like the closer he yeah. got, I mean, he was always getting kind of nervous as they move farther north. And I think these last couple of episodes, he was way more cognizant of what was going on and he was clearer, even though he wasn't speaking. And I think it was because he kind of knew where he was now. He recognized it. And I think he was always kind of in fear of it. And the closer he got to his destiny, the more he came back to himself. And it was really like hard to watch, man. Like it really, it's, it's sad. You think back to the episodes for the season. I... Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, th I think that's accurate. Ugh, poor Hodor. Poor Willis. Fuck that Hodor shit. That was very, like, language -y. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. And I'm just sad about Summer also. I mean, like, you know, Hodor's, like, death is sort of overshadowing Summer's, but Summer is, like, you know, that's part of Bran. He just lost. He lost a part of himself. 
you know, and it's just well, like, stop killing tweeted, dire wolves. <laughs> I know enough with the dire wolf deaths. Yeah. Stop it. I literally tweeted two minutes before it happened. I was like, oh, I forgot Summer was alive. They keep killing off dire wolves. Mm. And then he died. And I was like, are you? F-? And I literally was screaming, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I can't believe this just happened. Ugh, I can't. I can't. And and the thing that's really frustrating about the loss of the dire wolves for me is that we're losing the whole story of the kids' connections to their wolves. Yes. Like, we've never got a chance and, to really mm-hmm. explore that. And that's the part that makes me so annoyed. Because I think it's such a it's such an interesting part of their characters. I agree. Especially for Bran. And Isaac mentioned this. He's, like, more aware of this. He, he knows his character in and out. But he's like, you know, Summer's the one who untapped, like, his, his magical powers. Like, it's connection to his dire wolf. And that's really started it all. You know, so it's sad to see yeah. him go. He's going to be such a lost and and broken character moving forward, having to sort of deal with the responsibility of what he did. I mean, I do not envy that child one bit. Well, I mean, the thing, and you know, moving no, forward, yeah, he lost two people. Yeah, that sitting. And honestly, the thing that just mentioned this before is where now, just or both of you did, where in Bran is now moving forward, a broken person. But also he's untrained. And I actually am kind of excited for that because I feel like sometimes the more trained you are, the less well you do. I think if you kind of have to wing it, that's when you're your most imaginative. And I'm really interested to see what he does. So, I mean, this I I hate to say it. I feel like all of these deaths in Bran's life are kind of the idea of losing your mentor, losing your safety net and having to just kind of go for it. Um, It also parallels. The last hero, yeah, who his journey to find the children of the forest, he loses all of his companions. So, like, please not mirror though. I mean, all of his companions. Maybe just, just one. Can we just save one? Just one. All right, ladies. Now that we've gotten our feels out, we've talked about all of our favorite intros and and our very very sad outros. Uh, let's jump into some happiness. What were our Rhaegar a la mode moments of the episode, Lauren? Um. Well, I, I loved everything in the North. Um, I was really excited about that. I thought that was interesting. I think one of my favorite parts, besides the fact of uh, her and Brienne ready to take out Peter, I, I liked the conversation between Davos and Sansa. I felt like he treated her as an equal and not a woman, and there wasn't any mansplaining about why he disagreed with some of the things she was saying. It was like, that's that's good he's like this is what i think what you know and and waited for her responses and i and i loved that for once you see that you have this this equal um this equal footing as opposed to the oh you're a woman you'd be quiet well i have to say though like i i feel like davos was actually pretty decent at that but I don't think that Sansa saw it that way. I think she definitely, her reactions were one of he's mansplaining to me. And I think that kind of shows her youth because no, sweetheart, that's not mansplaining. No, no, but <laughs> that's more of an experience. Like, Expl- yeah, yeah, experience. Then you see that she's, that she, she's like shaking her head like she understands. Like, like it, it looked yeah. like at first, yeah, no, totally. like she was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But then, then when he explains, well, look, this is what the case is. And then she looked like she was thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, you're right. So I, I, that's, that's yeah. what I liked. Cause you could see there was, there was a little bit of tension, but then they were able to straighten it out. Yeah. That was a very honest um, communication. I think, uh, especially a young woman and an older yeah. man. 
I've seen that happen so many times. <laughs> I've participated in that conversation before. It's called life if you're right, a like, It's like, oh, I, yes, I resemble this <laughs> remark, basically. <laughs> it was really well done. Um, Jess, what did you like? Um, Sansa, when, like, her whole scene with John when she gives him the cloak and he's like, I like the wolf bit on your dress. And then she's like, I made you a cloak and it has a little Stark sigil. And for me, that's like a Rhaegar a la mode moment because, you know, in the first book, John always said to, you know, Arya, you know, bastards get the swords, not the arms. I do not make the rules, little sister. So it was nice to see, like, he had the Stark sigil on him, like that she sees him as a Stark, not like her half brother, not a bastard but like a genuine Stark and like the dire wolf is symbolic of that. And I thought it was beautiful. And I was like, Oh, all my Stark feelings for these two siblings. I loved it. Yeah. I think that was beautiful. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think I brought it up before, but the whole theater troupe scene I thought was really well done and it was a nice callback and it was really um, beautiful and poignant and hard to watch Arya see just how how her family's story has degenerated and just realizing that this is how people are going to remember it this is how this is their her legacy is going to live on is in this bullshit like theater troupe thing this is what's going to happen and so that was wonderful but then also just all the stuff at the weirwood trees all the stuff with the children uh the flashback to the creation of the others and then the scary crazy shit at the end i think that was just beautifully beautifully done and it's the most exciting i think that this particular plot has been in a very long time so i thought that was very well done yeah i love those scenes can we talk can we talk about the tormans and brienne scene oh please go for it (laughs) just watching his face when he makes that smile and she's like rolling her eyes like why am I sitting next to this idiot again? Like I loved, loved, loved the shit out of that scene. I loved it so I know. much. I'm just like, Bri- Brienne, just try it out, babe. You don't know. Yeah, she's not used fun. to it. She's not used to. <laughs> she's not used to male admirers like that. So she doesn't know how to do. She's embarrassed. She, is. she totally is. What? She's embarrassed by that situation. No, totally. She doesn't know like, how to unless... navigate that. She knows how to navigate like a battlefield. She doesn't know how to navigate relationships <laughs> i know it's so great it's like honey, he's it's so like, adorable he doesn't it just because he's not disdainful doesn't mean he doesn't love you <laughs> just give it a shot i like. just love all the memes that are coming out of this like you see pictures of like of like her as the naked man on the on the romance cover and and, and him in the oh dress, my God. In the dress <laughs> with that face, or like or she... the go- or like the ghost where they're making the uh pottery images of the two <laughs> Like, I just fucking died. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it so uh, much. All yes. of it. All the time. Yes. So much yes. <laughs> so much yes. Um, that's definitely something that we just, you know, we are soon to be publishing. I think it's dropping in a couple of days. Uh, an article with Tor.com. And we talk about scenes from the show we wish were in the books. All of this. I just really... <laughs> really want in the right like, all Definitely. of it <laughs> please please um i'm actually really sad that brienne is now going they're slipping her back into her riverland story because i'm like no 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 keep her with Tormund. and, and, keep, and gwendolyn christie like, loves this by the way she totally fucking loves oh that. i read that article you yeah. said <laughs> so like that is like i love the fact that she's first of all that she's a, a jamie brienne shipper 
I love that she, I love yeah. that, like, she's, like, so into this fucking stuff. Like, she, she's just, she goes all in. She's so perfect. Oh, she's, she's my girl. Wonderful. And actually, this kind of, yeah, the, this will segue a little bit into, like, show as an adaptation. Um, they're, really, at this point, we're kind of beyond the books. But I find it interesting that we're going into the Riverland story because that, really, for Brienne, just leads to Lady Stoneheart. And I'm kind of wondering if we've been hearing some. Yeah, rumors. I don't believe him. There's been like mumbling. Well, you don't, I you believe don't know. nothing anymore. I believe nothing. I believe nothing. And I'm going to show <laughs> you my picture of Hodor again, to, because this this just makes. Oh me my sad. god. <laughs> this is this is what I before you got on on the call. I, sh- I showed Katie my picture of Hodor that Christian signs, and that was it. Like, yeah, this is my heart today. I know. No, it was perfect. We were having a very serious conversation, and then all of a sudden, it's just Hodor in my face, and I was just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> uh, oh God, okay, why? Sorry. Um, it's okay. Were there anything? I mean, I, I can't think off the top of my head of any like adaptation, like anything from the show new. that really forget it. It was all new. Well, the moot actually, no, the moot was pretty good. Like it was cool seeing the moot. Um, I kind of wish that there had been like vegetables like what, what did she like throw on the ground turnips or some shit yara when she was trying to like make her case for the queen's moot i remember it was some vegetable and i remember thinking like what are you new like who are you talking to that this is gonna work so i think the way that they did it was better yeah yeah i like theon kind of standing up for his sister i like yeah I, I like the parallels between her and and Theon and John and Sansa. I also like the parallels between the, siblings. The, the scene of when when she goes to try to save him and he can't stand by her yeah. and she's got to run for the boats. And this time he stands by her and they run for the boats together. Yes, that's really cool. And, you know, I really actually liked, um, you know, Theon was so ambitious and tried so hard to be like the leader. And I feel like this this is the strongest he's ever been when he was actually sticking up for somebody else, where he recognized the leadership in others and used his own powers of persuasion to up to, to lift this up rather than trying to take it for himself. I'm like, good. Now you know where you're supposed to be. This is where you're perfect. I love that. Thank you, Theon. Thank you for your self-realization. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think now we're upcoming events. What do we think about the episodes coming up? I don't up, even you know guys? what to think anymore. I think Cold Hands is showing up. I don't believe it. <laughs> what was that, Jess? Cold Hands and the Elk. Ah. How are Mira and, and, and Bran supposed to survive out there without some sort of help? So, Benjamin Stark, watch out. <laughs> I don't believe it. Oh my God, you I didn't believe wait. that he's Cold Hands. I want, no, no. I, I want would him love to, to see Benjamin again. But. but... <laughs> But Martin turned that one down. He said it's not true. But I would love him to be. Oh, he yeah, did? I would love him to be cold hands. I'm totally okay with that. Whatever, time. George. I just, I, just so everybody at home knows, this is the first time we've ever done this with our video screens on. And I just watched this all through. Like, it was like me and Lauren, I think Jess too, just had our hands up like, whatever, George. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> let, me, let me have my speculation here. It's the total Brooklyn hand movement thing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that was a definite Brooklyn cast moment. Like, I have whatever. another Brooklyn hand movement. Whatever. Nobody's going to see that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So we'll see. We'll see what the future brings. Hopefully it brings some giant elks and some long lost uncles. Uh, I think I think we've said all we can say about this lovely and wonderful episode. I think it's about that time to raise our glasses, our coffees, our or my coffee, our Allegra. Or, no, that was I believe. Yeah. I believe that, <laughs> that was, oh my god! That was Zantac and wash. Oh excellent, excellent. Ra- raise your bottles of ex- pills an and coffees vintage. and whiskeys, and we're to... going to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and we're going to toast to Lord Commander Dollar said. To Lord, Lord Commander, Commander Dollar. To Lord Commander, may, <laughs> may you and your five dudes protect that damn wall. Close the bloody gates. Close the bloody gates, you guys. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye. <laughs> and so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. Happy. Oh, we can uh, see now, so we know. Thing. <laughs> this better work. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah! <laughs> okay. okay. Alright, after I say three, okay? <laughs> One, two, three! <laughs> She's no, snorting. I not because I was laughing! Oh, we so fucking okay. Stop! After, <laughs> after I say Okay, stop snorting. After I say